Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are Liam and John. How are you, Liam? Good, thanks, Jared. Um, I actually, I went to um, I went to see the doctor the other day, and um, I said I'm having a, I'm having trouble with my my hearing. And he said, "Well, can you can you describe the symptoms?" And I said, "Well, okay, I Marge's got blue hair and Homer's fat, but what's that got to do with anything?" <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on. on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there uh, we go. <laughs> and how are you, John? I'm good. It's nice to be back. That was um, I had a little bit of a, a series of unfortunate events, and what the last one ended up with me getting COVID and being in hospital. So yeah, that was a bit of a rocky time recently. So I'm glad to be back, and I'm relatively healthy again. Just. The odd sore lungs, but yeah, good to be back, guys. Glad you're glad you're back on the men, John, and yeah, would have jump on and have a chat and everything. Um, yeah, it was pretty scary there for us over here hearing what's going on with you. So yeah, just onwards and upwards, mate. That's it. That's it. So I'm back. You have to put up with me again. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So <laughs> do you want to tell the the listeners what it was like to? Uh, you know, there's th- you went over for a few games and, you know, first time since the Celtic Down Under podcast has been around that we've had one of our podcasters at a game live over there. See, which games did you go to? It was, yeah, it was, it was immense. Um, if I remember correctly, it was the Aberdeen game and the Hearts game that I was at. Um, and both were um, very heart-wrenching. I actually managed to sit in my, my old seat, the one that I had for a few years as a season ticket holder because my cousin took over that. 
So he just said, right, do you want to go sit back? And it was just feeling like home again. Same seat, you know, same view, um, same people around you. It was brilliant. I, I enjoyed it massively. Um, yeah, and uh, just everybody's, it was just, it was like, yeah, going, nothing had changed really. Um, both of those games were um, really tough to watch. Um, just because, you know, it was, I think they were both one nils and um, I think we missed a, a lot of chances and I think it was quite end-to-end games, but great to be there. Um, and I think I've got, I think I've got two more games. I was supposed to go to a lot more, obviously, but being ill and in hospital, I missed a lot. Um, so I think I've got the Hibs game left and then um, the Orcs when they come to paradise. I think those are my two last games. Oh well, anyone if you see John around there, give come say good day or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, jealous, jealous of you Stand. getting to go to games. I think if I'd known you, four, if I'd known four, you were going to, if I'd known you were going to catch COVID, I bought you a ticket for the Rangers end, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, do you know what? I wouldn't wish that on anybody, <laughs> even even them. Um, uh, yeah, true that. True that. <laughs> yeah, I, Hopefully, I'll have a couple of um, silk down under flags. So if you spot that, guys, um, I'll be around somewhere near them. Come say hello. Come and tell me how much of an idiot I make myself on these pods. (laughs) All right. So what we'll do is the usual shout. So if you're listening in and you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, can you please do so in your favorite podcast app? Really appreciate that if you did. Also... We've got our Facebook group and page, Instagram and Twitter at Celtic Down and our YouTube channel, which we're going to start doing a few more live podcasts going out on there. So if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, we'd really appreciate that. So we'll jump into, since our last pod, there's been two matches. So we had Celtic 3, Real Betis 2 in the Europa League. Celtic had the most ridiculous starting lineup I think I've seen in a long time. With Scott Bain in goals, Urugidi making his debut at right back. I think it was his debut anyway. Bitton, Welsh, and Scales at left back. Sorry, McCarthy, midfield. Abada, Liam Shaw on debut. Montgomery, and Albion Yeti up front. Now, John, when you saw that lineup, what were your thoughts? Um, I mean, I was obviously quite shocked, but. I think um, I think it made a lot of sense. I know we've been talking about how Ange doesn't do dead rubber games, um, but I think that was let's just get anybody who's not had to run a games out, get them some experience. Um, so as much as it was quite heavily changed from what I thought it would be, I think it made a lot of sense, to be honest. I think a lot of those guys needed some minutes in their legs and they clearly got it. They did well. I thought it was like I wasn't sure whether I was looking at the Celtic team lineup or a link to Pornhub because I thought there was going to be some sort of pumping going on there. <laughs> <laughs> what was your take, Liam, when you saw the lineup? Um, well, the funny thing is with those kind of games where you know you're basically um, it's it's meaningless in a competitive sense. It can go one of two ways: either neither team really puts in much effort and it just fizzles out or 
both teams go for it because it's it's fringe players who've got a point to prove and I think the latter was what happened and it made for a, a really entertaining end-to-end game of football. It was excellent, I thought. Yeah, they still had a decent lineup out there. Like I'd say that would have been our our reserve team, being honest. Not our not people are saying oh it's the B team. No, it wasn't because the B team's the Colts. Mm. There wasn't any of the Colts other than Shaw Irrigiri, they've played in the Colts this year. That's it. But I'd say, I'd say this is basically our reserves. And then you've got them. They're only, I'm missing maybe four or five off the top of my head. But, yeah, it was it's one of those games. Like, if you look at the stats and everything, it doesn't look like a paint a pretty picture. Like, 19 shots for them, seven on target. We had eight, four on target, yet three went in. Mm. The possession, the first time this season, I think we've had we played against someone who's had more possession than us. Even when we played against Leverkusen, we're breaking even or we were just ahead of them on possession stats. So, yeah, it was. It looks like a bit of an ugly game in terms of on the stat side of it. But at the end of the day, football is all about getting getting the wins and getting the three points. And for me, that was the main. The main thing was no more injuries, which didn't work out that way. No, not quite. <laughs> and that's something we're going to discuss a bit later on in the pod about the injury crosses. But, like, realistically, you had a Yeti got hurt. You then had Diogo come on and get hurt. So, yeah, not ideal. But No, definitely not. And I think just to continue from your point about the B-side, Jared, I think, um, I think the way that most people would argue B side. I mean I wouldn't I would never have argued I would have I would have argued that was the reserves as well. Because if you if you take your strongest team, whoever you think that might be, and then you remove some of those players, whoever they might be as well, um and you and you put them in with the person who's just just beneath them, just under them, um, you would say that that's the B side. So Taylor coming back, is he a B side player? Probably just now. Is Mikey Johnson a B-side player? Probably just now. Is Abada a B-side player? Probably just now. Do you know what I mean? So these these players are normally sitting on the bench, normally there to come on maybe at the 70-minute mark, 60-minute mark, um, but they're not necessarily first on the team sheet sort of stuff. So that's that's what you would expect, um, the B-side. But with, those, but with those players, John, when they do come on or if you do swap them, you kind of want to get to the point where this is the difference between our squad and Rangers is that they can make those changes to the B players, the reserves, and there's not much drop-off where with us at the moment, there's exactly. a massive drop-off. There is a massive drop-off. And, I mean, look, if you're talking, if you're talking real ideals, um, you would want those players coming on to give you something different, a bit of versatility, a different type of player to change formations or something like that. But that still would you would still suggest that most, every manager, when they start the game, tries to start it with their, their strongest players on the pitch first. And then they go to changing tactics. Then they go to changing versatility or trying to find versatility in different players. So, yeah, I, I would still say that that team that went out um, against Betis was 100% reserves. Um, but at the end of the day, they played out their skins. I think everyone had a really good game. Urigidi, bloody hell, from a, from a guy that we had all you know, completely written off as he's not even ready for the Colts, um, you know, and we we bought a player and he's far, far 
down the line from where we thought he was going to be. Played out of his skin. Played absolutely fantastic. Didn't he, he look? He didn't have a perfect game, but he played played absolutely brilliantly, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. The only player that, like when I saw that lineup, something I just want to quickly touch on as well was the only player there that I looked at and thought, hmm, okay, he hasn't really rotated. Was I was looking at it going. I wouldn't have mind to seen Dane Murray in there, mm. but at the same time, that wasn't even the main one. That was a wouldn't have minded whatever. The main one, and then he scores an own goal. Is Scott Bain? Like for me, if it was like a full on, I can understand why you put him in there though, because he's an, he's a bit of a veteran with such a young backline. You have him and Bitton running the backline with all the young guys around him. But I would have loved to have seen Olu. What is it, Olu Wayemi? Yeah, yeah. The young goalkeeper. I would have loved to have seen him get a game. Yeah. Just to see what he's got. But at the same time, we won. So we yeah. scored nine nine points for the group and we come third in four of the other groups. That would have finished just in second and kept us in the Europa League. Yeah. Any um, other group, it would have with nine points you you you're going through, right? Rangers come second with, with eight points. So that says it all. Yeah. I think I think anything above seven. Maybe not seven, maybe eight. You're, you're, most groups you're going through and second place with something like that. But we on, were a just way, on a positive, you see your Rangers copped in the next round. Ah, oh, oh, they uh, um, Poor, uh, poor, poor old Rangers. Time. They're going to, uh, I tell you, that, that Rangers team, they're going to they're have an arse like the guy from Pulp Fiction by the end of that match. <laughs> <laughs> Now that will be a pumping. <laughs> uh, for me, I was looking at it going, I thought Leverkusen was a Champions League team in our group, and then mm. you got Dortmund. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they, they both are, to be honest. They're, they're, they're both you know, they're both at the same level. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's probably worth as well mentioning how well Henderson played when he came on. Um Fantastic goal, and finally seeing um, Johnson. Mikey Johnson for me is an incredibly frustrating player. I will still defend him, um, and you know, as as far as I possibly can, because I can see a player in him. I can absolutely see that there's a good player there, but he's extremely frustrating recently, um, and he's just not doing what you would expect. He's been he's making very silly decisions, in my opinion. His decision making is extremely poor. Um, but he finally did what he needs to do more often, which is try and beat a defender by running to the byline and, and crossing it um, in front of in front of goal. And he finally did it. And I thought Henderson Henderson's goal was brilliant. It was well worked. Um, I think Henderson's somebody who has for a while been in and around um, the first team squad rotation. And I think maybe with a couple of games, busy December, that's definitely somebody we could see step up and start actually getting a couple of games. Yeah, the thing with Mikey, what on two fronts, I'll jump to you in a second, Liam, is that he's the pelters he's copping now is the same exact same shit that James Forrest went through under Ronnie. Mm. In my opinion, in that his guy coming from the youth academy, he should be doing more than he is. And people are getting on his back, but he's not too far back from injury. And Andrew's got him on a load restriction in terms of how many minutes he can play. 
which was a factor in his appearance against Motherwell on the weekend. But for me, the frustrating thing with him, and you touched on it, John, is he's making bad decisions. And the decisions he's making bad are he's trying to cut inside when he should be going by people to the byline. And then he tries to go to the byline when he should be cutting back inside. He's making, he's not making the right decisions in each of these situations. Like there's been so, so many times, probably three or four I could remember seeing where if he went to the byline and cut across, you had Kyogo ghost in, would have been a tap in for him. So, but he's tried to take it in and he's ended up losing the ball or putting a bad shot in. So if you look at that sort of situation there, yeah, it's frustrating. What were you going to say, Liam? I was going to say that for John, I honestly think that now I agree. I agree with John in the sense that with Mikey Johnson, that there's definitely a player in there somewhere. Um, I think that the, the, he shows flashes of it. But if we sign Maeda in January, he's out the door because they're the same age, and Maeda is a better and more intelligent footballer, in my opinion. Um, plus, you're not going to sign somebody from from Japan and put him in the reserves. You know, you're gonna you're gonna play him, and if he's playing, then Mikey Johnson's not going to get a look in. Yeah, but on that, Liam, like realistically, if you sign you sign Maeda, great, I'm happy with that. Hmm. But that means, Mikey, how many years does he have left on his contract? I don't want us to sell him. I want us to do a Christie with him, loan him out hmm. somewhere in the Premiership, whether it's like a Hibs or if it's to an Aberdeen or something like that, get him, then get him on that crazy Ryan Christie diet, bulk him up a bit, get a run of games into him. Because realistically, Maeda's going to come in for a couple of couple of seasons, kick ass, and we'll probably sell him on, make a fuckload of cash off him. Mm. Being honest, do you agree with that, Liam? If Maeda plays to the potential that I think he can, then I definitely. I don't, yeah, I don't, so- I, I, I don't personally think he's as good as Kyogo, but I think he is potentially in the same bracket. So, so I, Okay, so if Kyogo gets sold and then Maeda becomes our, a, a pure striker instead of playing on that wing as a replacement, mm-hmm. then we're going to need someone to come into that spot. So that's where if you have Mikey up for 18 months, two years on loan, who can come back in, come back in at 24 years old, a bit, more, a bit stronger with 50, 50 to 80 extra games in, in his legs, then maybe it'll work out for him. It may be that Callum McGregor loan, that Ryan Christie loan, that Chris Iyer loan that he needs to get a run of games and develop without the pressure of 60,000 people on his back every time. Because there's still that's, a player there. That's a big part, I think, of of um, of his poor decision-making. I think um, he just gets overwhelmed. You can see when he's got multiple options to, I don't know, to either to play out to the wing to, to play into your centre forward, to maybe take the defender on and take a shot, and he and in moments like that is when he really does really badly, because he just doesn't do anything, and he ends up running the ball into the defender and he gets tackled and and everybody gets on his case. So I, I do think he 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 needs either it's it's make or break, right? If whoever it doesn't have to be Maeda, but if anybody comes in to fill in that spot, because at the moment it's. Purely in the pure sense, it's Jota and Micah Johnson in those position in that position. So if somebody else comes in to fill that, he either has to go out and load, or he has to step it up. He just has to get over that completely. Otherwise, he's you, you, you're right. I think he would do really, really well um, 
playing in England in you know a championship team or something like that um you know bottom of the championship where he could just the pressure's off the style of play is far more open he's not having to run at defenders because they're doing a low block every single game um and he's just got space to to do all these trickery and cut in and take big shots and stuff but he's not he, he, has, he has to just make a break for him I think send him to Millwall there you go Christ oh. Now, that's something I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. <laughs> That'll be make or break. It'll either toughen him up or he'll retire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, thing, the thing I was just going to add to that, though, um, you know, I think it's quite telling, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, right? But if you think back over the last month or so, when it became quite clear that Celtic were seriously looking at signing Rail Hatati, who has played left back most of the season for for Kawasaki Frontale. Almost in the same day, they announced that Greg Taylor got a contract extension. It's as if that was Ange saying to Taylor, look, it's all right, you're still part of the long-term plan here. You're still part of the squad, even though I'm bringing in another left back. Right? We got linked with Maeda about the same time, and there was no clamour to give Johnson the same kind of contract. It's because we had and I, us at the moment. Yeah, but I just think that there's a similar dynamic at play there, but there isn't the same rush to tie down the young Scottish player. So I know what you mean. Yeah. I think maybe maybe Ange I'm not saying he I'm not saying he doesn't rate Johnson, but I just think I don't think he'd be too heartbroken if Johnson moved on, you know. Manager's ruthless like that. He's not afraid to make those decisions. So if he decides that Mikey moves on, at the end of the day, I don't see it being a big big deal. Like, I'd, yeah. like as I said earlier, I laid out a, a good plan for keeping him in long-term development, two, three seasons, time where he should be, all that sort of stuff earlier. But mm-hmm. if Ange sells him, I've been around Ange coach teams long enough in my life to know there's clearly a good reason for that because normally when he sells players on, they they don't they're not at that level, so they're not going to come back to haunt us. So yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too stressed. But yeah, watch your space with Mikey. But yeah, realistically, if we signed we signed Maeda and then we signed Jota permanently, we know we could just flip Jota in the off season, mm. or have him for another year and then sell him on. So it'll be like a Van Dyke sort of or one Yama sort of signing two years out the door. See you later. Thanks for coming. Twenty million right. in the bank, whatever it'll be. So. Yeah. Mikey next season, if we have both of those guys permanently, would be third string. You think he's going to yeah. hang around for that? No. Yeah. Make a break for the guy. He's very yeah. much in the Lewis Morgan mold right now for me. Mm. So that you mentioned that, and that ties into something I was going to – one of the next topics about our injury crisis. But I was going to say I hope we don't have a Lewis Morgan situation in the cup final. Ooh. It's striker. That's all I'm going to say with because you mentioned Lewis Morgan now. I'll throw that little uh, bit in there, but we'll quickly just touch on the um, the Motherwell game. You mentioned earlier, John, about the Aberdeen and Hearts games. They were 1-0, but, you know, there was a lot of shots going each way. So in the Motherwell game, we had 26 shots, seven on target, 72% possession, almost three times the amount of passing passes as Motherwell. 1-0 win. We're seeing a lot of that at the moment. And the funny thing is, I said on a few podcasts early days, 
Ange is the sort who'd rather win 4-3 or 3-2 than win 1-0. Mm. But he will take them. At the end of the day, mm. it's all about, especially in December with how chaotic it is for us, it's all about just collecting points. So it's not ideal, but we've all seen like the Dundee United game. We've seen a lot of bits and pieces, 20-minute bursts here, a half there of what Ange Ball looks like when it's up and running. So at the moment, it's just about collecting those three points every week, every game, getting through it, getting getting players in, and getting some more squad depth, and off we go for me. But, yeah, 1-0 winning is Motherwell. I thought it'd probably be 3-0, but happy to take the three points. You guys got anything to add? Yeah, I think there's um, it's it's interesting that you know so often it's a source of anguish for Celtic fans, but the most reassuring thing out of the, this recent run of games is how solid our defence has been, and it's a really good thing that's going to serve us because you know the strikers will come back. We're going to sign more forwards in January, I believe, or more attacking players at least. Um, the defence is looking really good. Starfelt has grown into quite a steady, reliable pair of hands at the back. Um, Joe Hart, I think, is always going to give us palpitations from time to time, but he, you know, he's a good, solid goalkeeper, and he, he really is. He's really bought in to the whole idea of playing for Celtic. You can really see it. Um, Carter Vickers, um, I think it was very interesting to note how. When it suddenly became, you know, actually signing him could be a serious prospect, that 10 million suddenly became 6 million. And then it suddenly becomes three. Yeah, I think we'll end up signing him for three or four million because he's only got a year left in his contract. So, you know, I think that's a deal that could certainly be done. Um, And I'd, I'd welcome him because he's been an excellent addition to the team. We don't know if Julian is going to be as good as he was when he comes back. Um, I think there's a genuine debate to be had as to who's the better player when fully fit, Carter Vickers or Julian. Um, you know, I'd like to see a pairing of Julian and Carter Vickers as a as a centre as our two centre backs and see how that worked. Um, but, but on that, Liam, if I can jump yeah. in there quickly, sure, yeah. One thing with the centre back pairing: if you have Carter Vickers starting alongside Julian, and mm-hmm. you're spending three million on Carter Vickers, you've got a four and a half million centre back in Starfield on the bench. Yeah. Guess what? That's that's some good good depth to have, but at the same time, I don't I don't know how it'll all piece together. No. That's the kind of luxury Celtic can't really afford at the moment. Um a player like that's gonna to want to leave if he's not getting regular game time, and I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. Um, we should one have other thing, one other thing quickly is we got. The, I just checked, and we're the best defensive team in Scotland. Even though everyone talks about how shaky we've looked defensively, the majority you know, of our, our like leakings of goals and stuff have been in Europe, not in the not in the actual league. That actually brings me on to, and I'm sorry, I'm going to wee bit of a tangent here, right? But just the narratives that the Scottish media put out were were completely thrown into full focus for me at the weekend there. I watched the Hearts Rangers game and I watched our game, right? Hearts gave Rangers an absolute doing for about 75 minutes of that game, even though they lost 2 0, right? Rangers literally had two shots on target and scored two goals. Hearts 
hit the hit the bar, had keeper that that you know McGregor made about four or five world class saves. Boyce missed two sitters. You know they they were all over Rangers. Yet the headlines on Sky Sports the next day were Celtic struggle to narrow win over Motherwell, and Rangers see off Hearts challenge. Um, I think the narratives were flipped a wee bit there. It's easy to say they had an easier game because they scored two and we scored one, but that is only one aspect of the game. The reality is they had a much harder time of it at the weekend than we did. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I thought um, <clears throat> I thought the Motherwell game was one of those ones that I think last season we probably would have drawn. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones where um, last season we would have just the the stars were not in our favour um, and we would have just walked away with a nil-nil there or even even maybe if I'm being very cynical we might have narrowed the loss but um, I think I think I don't know if many watched the Kyogo interview recently I think he himself has admitted that in recent games he's missed some absolute bloody sitters um, and that he's he wanting to start to finish those off. I think that's true of <clears throat> a couple of our other um, forwards as well. I think Forrest missing that absolute sitter early in the Motherwell game as well was how the hell that happened was beyond me. But um, I, I I think we're just in a small dip right now, um, and I think that's for lots of different factors. I think very shortly when we start after that sort of winter break. So a lot of our players start to come back again. I think we'll be going to be firing on all cylinders. I think it's going to be some absolute, just absolute smashings, to be honest. Big results are coming. Yeah, yeah I'm going to stand by what I said at the start of the season and after we lost the, the first game against the, the Mankey mob. If we are within six points of Rangers come the New Year game and we don't lose that game, we'll win the league. And yeah. I stand by that. That's I mean, Liam, hot take everyone. Just, there you go. I mean, I'm I'm sure I said um, we would be ahead of them by the by the second. <laughs> I don't think that's quite going to happen, but um, well, you never know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You never know. Um, I I I I think there's a few factors that you can see, and to see if you would really like drill into analytics and and listen to some um, very clever people and sort of um, data and football and stuff. You, you might be led to believe that something like goal difference and how well teams are defending and attacking and stuff might indicate long-term trends and who might win leagues. Celtic at the moment, the goal difference is, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, we're, we're like Jared just said, best defence in Scotland. I still think we are, I think we might just, just be equal or... Um, my either just ahead or just below best attack as well. And that's without any attack. Rangers are 38, we're on 37. So there you go, on, so one off. Yeah. But on goal difference, we're 37-4, 10 against, and they're 38-4, 4, 14 against. So we're three goals better off. Better off. And that's without, by the way, a single bloody centre forward. So yep. do you know what? If you were to – it is quite close – Maybe maybe you would suggest that Rangers are doing slightly better than they should be and we're doing slightly worse. So when things start to level out and we start, you know, coming back to getting these players um out of injury, 
maybe we'll, we'll do a little run here. The so. thing that's not been spoken about enough for me is we're on a winning streak. Yeah. How many games it is. Since the last the international break, we've gone like, what is that, 10 games with nine wins, one draw or something like that. Gerard's left. They've got their new manager in. They're having their new manager bounce that all teams have yeah. over at Rangers. And we're going match for match with them. Or they're going through that, that you know, that burst of five or six games you always have when you get a new manager where you always levels, everyone's levels go up. And then they start to come back down to where they were before that happened. And then, you know, that's the actual squad you've got. It's not the tactics and the manager. That's the level your team's at. So the fact that we're going shot for shot with them at the moment, game for game, point for point with them at this point in time, I think is something that is underrated and not been spoken about enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you raise a very important point there. Look, the games, the last three games, I would not honestly have fancied us to win any of them last season. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, even when we don't play well, we've got bad injuries, we're still getting the three points. That's that's the crucial thing. You know, and that is that's what's going to win, win the league ultimately, if we can keep doing that. That's it. Just, well, trust in Angie. Yep. Absolutely. Trust the process, I suppose. That's what they've been saying. That's it. <laughs> all right. So we all know about the injury crisis. There's no point banging on about which players are out, who's playing out of position, all that sort of shit, right? So what I want to do is we've got the game tonight against Ross County in the league, and then we've got the game, the League Cup final on Sunday against Hibs. So with that in mind, what I want to know is what surprises do you think we will see from the team in the next two? And do you want to give us score predictions for both of those games against Ross County and then the Hibs game? And I want to get your lineup for the Cup final with based on the knowledge we currently have. So do you want me to go first to give you some thinking time? Aye, uh, on you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll on the thinking time. I can see those little monkey with symbols going ding, ding, ding in your head. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying us against Ross County, it'll be a similar sort of lineup to what we had against Motherwell. I think we'll play Turnbull as the false nine. Um, pretty much think it'll be the same lineup. Um, it's going to be a tough one up at Dingwall. Um yeah, I reckon we'll get the win. I think 2-0 win for Celtic. Goal scorers, Rogic will keep his form going. And I say a barter will score. And then throw to you guys for that game and then we'll go to the League Cup final. Mm-hmm. So, John, what are you thinking for the Ross County game? Um, I'm thinking the exact same. I think, um, I think Forrest will get rested. I don't think... Oh, God, I'm going to say this and you're going to tell me now he's out for ages. I don't think Forrest's injury is a long-standing one. I think this one is just he took a wee knock or something like that and he's come off just to be protected. Um, so I don't see Forrest starting. I see Johnson starting um, and maybe Forrest coming on um, towards the 60, 70-minute mark um, to get him fit for the next game. Um, 
but yeah, I see the formation being the exact same. I see this is a perfect game for Taylor just to get a, a full 90 minutes in. Um, but yeah, again, Turnbull is going to be our false nine. I thought it worked relatively okay um, against Motherwell. Um, and I really like, I, I, I totally agree with, with what Anne said um, in one of the re- recent interviews of why I put Turnbull up up through the middle as a false nine, which is putting him there created the least disruption. That to me makes the absolute most sense. Because I know a lot of people were saying put a Bardo in the middle, but if you put in the Bardo in the middle, who are you putting out on the right? If you put same same with Johnson, blah blah blah. Um, it, it just made absolute sense to me when he said that. It's like putting Turnbull in a false nine position and putting Bit on on create the least disruption to everybody else. So I, th- I think that's exactly what's going to happen as well. In the in the Russ County game, sorry. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. I think pretty much same formation as uh, as the weekend. Turnbull leading the attack. Um, I think we're going to win 1-0. And I think it's going to be a Carter Vickers header from a corner. There you go. I can't do any more 1-0s. No, no. <laughs> I want to. I want to add something onto mine quickly. Mm-hmm. I forgot about first with his going off with his injury and stuff like that. So I'm going to put a league debut in for Owen Moffat on the left wing. Oh, um, no, that would he'll be score our he'll score our opener because no one will see that coming. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there was a, there was a little bit of speculation that, that might have happened um, for the Motherwell game. And and um, Joey Dawson as well was another um, no show, I guess, on the uh, Colts training or their game. Um, <clears throat> so maybe the Ross County game is the perfect one for them to step up um, and just get them a run of games. We 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 have to go. We have to try and find depth somewhere at the moment. So I might. I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if maybe Dawson and Moffat were on the bench or one of them started. Mm. All right, and then on to the uh, League Cup final on Sunday. So I'll go first then. So I'll give you your thinking time on that. Now, hearing what Ange is saying and reading between the lines and all this stuff, I think Kyogo's a chance for that game. However, we touched on it earlier about, uh, what was it, play Mikey up front in the same way we did Lewis Morgan a couple of years back, whenever it was. Now, I don't want us to do that. I think it'll be a pretty solid thing. I'm just going to throw this out just to be an absolute dickhead because there's no chance it's going to happen. And I think it'll be hilarious if it did, just for banter reasons. The way he's finished a few goals this season, let's put Ralston as a centre forward. (laughs) (laughs) See see him and Porty is belting the crap out of each other. Portis will get sent off within about 20 minutes against that bricky, and then you've got the extra man advantage. That's what I'm thinking. She'd have her in the highest order. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> serious. I'm, like, I can't call the actual starting lineup for that because there's the game tonight. You've got players that are injured. It's just too many variables. So I'm hoping it'll be, it'll be a few players back by then. But wait yeah. and see, I suppose. Mm. But the score... Celtic seven, <laughs> rain uh, not Rangers. What did I say them for? <laughs> oh, Rangers aren't in the cup final. 
Yeah. <laughs> so Delta Rangers zero because they're not there. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Hibs. Uh, most we'll see from them will be that um, the highest score they'll have will be, you know, one, and the rest will be all we'll hear from them is whinging about seed allocation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ralston score five. <laughs> well, I am. Um, I I um I do agree that with the Ummins and Irons, what Andrew's saying, um, I think we might see Kyogo in the cup final. I think we might also see Forrest as well. Um, I think he's going to get rested for the county game, and I think he's going to um be starting for the for the final. Um, everybody else, I think, is is fairly self-explanatory. I don't see um, I could easily see. Maybe Roust going back to the Rouston, uh, Jovanovic, um, invert like swapping them again and putting Rouston in the uh, right back position and put Jovanovic on the other side and stuff. I could see that happening also. Um, Biton probably gets dropped there. Um, Turnbull goes back into his natural position. Um, I think the cup final is going to be, especially if um, Maloney gets appointed as the Hibs manager, by the way. Jesus Christ, mm. that would be such a lift for them. I, I, you know, we were all talking about him replacing Lennon. Do you know what I mean? That's that would be a fantastic appointment for him if that actually happens. So, if that happens, I, I well, sorry, well, whether it happens or not, I think the Hibs game is going to be uh, fucking tight. <laughs> I think it's going to be two-one to Celtic. I don't, I, I don't see Hibs having enough to beat us unless we play very, very poorly. So I don't mm. think it's going to be a case of Hibs outplaying us. I think it's going to be a case of Celtic playing bad that we might ever lose it. But I don't think we will. I think it's going to be a 2-1 win. I think it's just going to be one of those... Oh, God, was it was it Celtic Hearts in the cup final where Edward scored a really late goal to make it 2-1? I just remember yeah. that. It was against Hearts, here. Yeah. Hearts, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a game like that, I think. No, I think... Um... I also think Kyogo is going to play some part in the final, but I think he's going to be a sub. I think what's going to happen is we'll start with Forrest as the the false nine, as you call it. Um, but I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it could be nothing each at halftime. Kyogo comes on for the last 35 minutes or so, and we end up winning 2-0. That's my prediction. All right, I'll give you an actual serious one other than my seven-one stupidity from earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm similar to what you're saying there, Liam. I think Kyogo will come on, but he won't start. Um, the one thing I like with this game is, other than it being a beautiful Sunday, green and white in Glasgow, which is great. Mm. The thing that we're going to need is the first goal is going to be crucial. Yes, because, and it's not because it's a cup final in terms of oh yeah, because. That that's obvious, Jared. Don't be you're talking shit. No. Reason it's crucial is because Hibs will want to come out and play. If we score early, they'll come out to play and they'll have to attack us. And then suddenly we could put two or three past them. But if they get that first goal, then they can sit back a little bit, sit off us a bit, protect it, and then try and hit us on the counter and get that second one to kill the game off. So that first goal is crucial. We need to get that. And as soon as possible in the game, like if we can score that that first goal in the first twenty minutes, perfect. We set ourselves up beautifully for the game ahead. But yeah, it's gonna be one of those where they're gonna come out and play football against us, 
not sit back like St. Johnson did when we played them last time. And then that will make life a lot more fun for us fans, especially us over here, getting up at 2 a.m. in Melbourne to watch a game. Like, oh, it's going to be brutal, but it's going to be worth it. You'd be loving the uh, having the right time zone, John. At the moment, yeah, it has been it has been quite good. <laughs> Can't lie. So yeah, I'm saying two 0 to us. Two 0 Yeah, I hope so. I do hope so. All right. So, conference league draw. We got Bodo Glimt, the Norwegian champions. Little bit of digging, just the basics. Um, they're attack-minded and they play on a plastic pitch and they have no more league games or games between now and when we play them. Apparently their coach has been linked with going to Rosenborg and they've got three strikers or forwards that are also linked with moves to clubs in Holland, Italy and France. So the lineup that they currently have is on paper it will be It'll be like watching ice hockey. You'll have like four, five goals to four here and, you know, six <laughs> goals to seven there. Like they can score the ball and so can we. So it'll be interesting. But if all those changes happen with their manager leave and those players leave, who knows what they're going to bring in, who then won't have a chance to play games to get used to their teammate, new teammates before we play them. And that's a whole spanner in the works there for them. So, yeah, I think that it, if it's just how it is, it's going to be a quality matchup. If there's all those changes that have been spoken about in the background, who knows what it's going to be? You're going to buy that matchup, Liam? Yeah, I'll be honest. Of all the teams that were in the potential draw, that was that was the one I wanted. Um, you know, they they got a good result against Roma, so they're no mugs, right? But um, if you think back to the start of our season, when they play us. If the current speculation about the manager and their team is true, they're going to pretty much be in the same spot that we were when we played Michelin. Right? Exactly. And I think I think you'd be quite happy to go up against a team that's at that state of transition because you've got a good chance of beating them, whoever they are. Um, no, I'm, I'm very, very happy and quite confident about this draw. That was funny you said that was the one you wanted because that was the one I didn't want. All right. And it's not because of the Roma thing. It's because it's a plastic pitch. That was the reason I didn't want it. Mm. Like, that was the one thing. Like, Angeball on a plastic pitch would would be sexy football, let's be honest. It will be decent. But at the Mm. same time, I'm like, we just don't play well on plastic pitches. So I was looking at it going, you know which club I wanted? I wanted Partizan Belgrade just because – my in-laws are all Red Star fans, and it would have been great to get them on the green and white side of it for once. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I watched a draw live. I think um, probably my ignorance and quite likely my arrogance was quite happy when we drew um, Bodo Glimt um, because I'm going to be honest, I knew absolutely nothing about them before the draw. So it was one of those ones where I was like, oh, well, I've never heard of them. They Therefore, they must be absolutely shy. Um, mm. But obviously, you know, you, you actually read about them, and um, you, you know, you hear about how well they've been doing recently, and and um, 
their attacking style in Norway and all of that stuff. And and listening to other Celtic fans who weren't as um, ignorant as I was, most of them would have said, I don't want that team. That team's very, very good. Um, and it's one that they wanted to avoid. Um, I just, for me personally, I wanted a, a team that I, I could have thought, well, we we will comfortably beat them, and also one that we wouldn't travel very far for. I wanted to I wanted to avoid the Carabags, and I also mm. desperately wanted to avoid Tottenham because I, I'm just I'm sick of that fucking Battle of the Britain bullshit. Um, I don't I don't even know if they're still in it. To be honest, I, I don't know if they've been no, booted not. out. They got booted out, right? Well, that's good. Um, at the time, obviously against them. Yeah, um, obviously at the time they were still potentially in it. Um, I just I just didn't want I didn't want them at all, and it was getting you know I don't know who watched everybody watched it live as same as I did, but it was down to like three teams. One of them was or four, but three balls. One of them being Tottenham and whoever the other team was, Batiste, I think it was. Um, but yeah, look, I I think it could be good. Like we're not traveling very far. I think if you have the cash, I think going up to the Arctic Circle would be quite a good little away day. Um. It's going to, you know, get your fucking parkers out because it's going to be cold <laughs> up there. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think you guys are right. I think if everything goes the way um, it's rumored to go, they're going to be in such a transition very shortly. And having not played at all by the time we played them, and we'll be, you know, we should be really peaking at that point in February. So um, it could be a nice little one for us to go into the round of 16. That's it, everyone. Form the Arctic Circle CSC. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there already is one. To be honest, I'm sure they're, they're we're everywhere. It's kind of difficult though because the Arctic Circle is the one place where a blue nose is actually a biological prerequisite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, off the back of the Conference League draw, David Turnbull in an interview during the week said that Celtic should target winning the Conference League. What are your thoughts on that, Liam? Yep. Yeah. Um, Achievable? There's nobody in there that I'm afraid of, put it that way. Um, there are some teams that are better than us, but there are team, there, every team that's in that Conference League, we could give them a game. And if we get, you know, we get past Bodo Glimt, suddenly you're looking at the last eight. And then you're only three games away from the final. You know, it's it can it can happen that way. We're gonna need things to go our way and we need some of the other good teams to hopefully play each other and knock them knock themselves out before they get to us. But um no, I I hope we get to the final and I hope we get Slavia Prague in the final and absolutely pump them. That would be quite good. <laughs> that would uh, that that would do me. I think it's a really interesting one, right? Because I think um, teams that are of the same sort of size as Celtic might not take it particularly seriously, um, mm. being the first year of its um, inception. Um, and I think Celtic might be in a position where they do take it particularly seriously um, because Ange wants silverware in his first season. Um, and that's not to say that teams like Slavia Prague might not take it seriously. They, they absolutely might because they might want silverware just as much as we do um but i think when you look at the caliber um of teams we're right up there at the top with maybe one or two other teams so we you know we should really be and in a knockout competition 
we should be getting through as far as we possibly can semis if not finals i i i truly do believe that that's where we should be aiming for um i think when you get to the point of um winning it though i think it's so hard to who knows we could have an even worse injury crisis we could just not play very well to knock out competitions anything could happen um but i think when he says we should be aiming or targeting to win it absolutely absolutely yeah but i'm being dead honest truly hands on heart see if you're in the champions league you should be bloody aiming to win that as well there should be no, there should be no competition celtics ever in where you shouldn't aim to be winning something every game should be a which you should aim to win every competition you should be aiming to win um i think obviously realistically speaking this is a competition celtic could win um europa league is probably still a little bit ahead of us still got uh, five eight years before we start really thinking about winning the europa league so um, yes, we should be we should be trying to win the Conference League for sure. We are definitely in the top four or five teams that are left in it. I'm actually so checking that right now, Liam. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just finish my rant in the meantime. Statistically, I think we're in the top five, which so I think we should, on statistics, get to like the semi-finals. And when you get to the semi-finals, it then becomes. A crapshoot. Anybody could win it from that point. Anybody who's good enough to get to the last four of any tournament has got a chance of winning it, in my opinion. But that applies Champions League, Europa League, World Cup, whatever. If you're good enough to get to the last four, you've got a chance. And I think that's that's the same with Celtic. Um, you know, I, I, I genuinely think we do have a chance for this. I really do. There is, there is of course, many that are saying um, that they... Uh, many so fans, sorry, that don't really care much if we win it or or not, um, and they would much rather us get dropped out and then just focus on the league. But again, uh, we've said this when we when we when we drop into the Europa League, I think it's such a silly thing to to suggest that um, going going from really high level competitions. Um, and dropping out of those to just focus on leagues is therefore going to guarantee you a league. It's just not. No. If you see if you see trends with all of the big teams playing two games a week, high level competitions feeds into each other. Doing well in Europe equals doing well in the league. If you're momentum. doing, it's, a, it's it, not only is it momentum, it's keeping match fit, it's keeping mentally sharp. Um, it, it, it's, all of the things feed into each other. If you want to do well in the league, if you want to start winning the leagues, you have to start um, with Europe and vice versa, right? If you want to do well in, in Europe, you have to start doing well in the leagues. So do we have the squad depth? Potentially after January, um, we start getting a bit more, um, put more players in that can mean we can play two games a week. But I, I think that's good. I think that's going to happen. That's also almost a guarantee um, with these um, Japanese boys coming in, so yeah, I, I think I think absolutely we we should be wanting to win every competition that we're we're in, and we should be um, trying to stay in as many competitions, league cups, Scottish cups, leagues, European competitions, all of them. See the the other potential wrinkle with this though is that we're now talking we're talking now about games that are going to happen in February, you know, two and a half months away, right? So teams that are not taking it seriously at the moment 
if it if by February it gets to the point where they've got no chance of winning their league or they've already been knocked out of their cup, um, you know, just to use an example, right? I was chatting to some friends of mine who are West Ham fans, and they were all saying like, yeah, oh, it's good that we're doing well in the Europa League, but, um, you know, the uh, we're, we're you know we're sitting fourth for the Premiership just now. We could actually mount a title challenge here. Now. I like West Ham. They're probably my favourite team in the English Premier League because my mate supports them, right? And I hope they do well. But come February, I don't think they've been. I don't think they've been the top four anymore. Mm. And suddenly, the Europa League might look like a much more attractive prospect to them, right? And it's going to be the same way. A lot of these teams are in and around Celtic at the moment. You know, your Slavia Prague, your you know, Karabag teams like that. They might be going well in the league just now, but if they're not going well in February, then the managers might think, I've got to win this tournament to keep my job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's that's the way it can all turn round. So with the coefficient points, you've got Roma on 90, then you've got FC Basel on 49 points, then you've got Copenhagen on 43.5 points. Those guys are in the final round of 16 already. Right. Then you've got Slavia Prague on 43.5 points. And then you've got us on 34 points. So, so we're the fifth highest five. ranked. Yeah. We're the fifth highest. Mm. So uh, of the clubs in the next knockout phase, it's us and Slavia Prague are the two highest ranked teams in terms of coefficient points. And overall, the whole 32 that are left in that comp, we're fifth best in terms of coefficients. Aye. Aye. So there you go. So I, think so, I think it's achievable. Like, what's to lose, really? And, wanna, and I'm, I'm sure... Europe, so why not? I'm sure that guy, and I can't remember his name, the Twitter handle, I think it's like the Swiss Analytics or something like that. I'm sure when the Conference League was... Just just before it started, he did a big deep dive into all the financials. I'm sure we talked about it. I'm sure Sean talked about it as well. Yeah. Um, winning, financially speaking, winning the Conference League is not much different than winning um, the Europa League or win, uh, winning it's games. Grand. It's about 200 yeah. grand difference overall. So, look, as far as accolades go, of course, winning the Europa League is um, of, a, of a higher caliber. That's because it's literally a hierarchy of European competition. Um, but financially, Christ almighty, just go for it, right? I'll look at it and go, it's the first time ever the Europa Conference League's been around. Yeah. So let, why not? Like, the most important thing this season is to win the Scottish League. I'll get that. That is number one priority. Win the league, qualify for the Champions League direct next season. Perfect. The domestic cup that we're we're playing against Tibbs, great. If we can pick that up, perfect. Early silverware for Ange, great. Happy days. But for me, the second thing would be where we're at now. I want to win our league, but I want to have a fair income crack at this conference league. If we can win it, that means we're guaranteed Europa League, worst case scenario, because we won this comp. However, if we do well in this comp, we win the, the conference league, that will probably mean we're... Pl- with the lineup and the teams we're playing, that we're playing good football, which in turn flips it around and means we'll, we should have that consistency two games a week at a good level. And that will in turn make what's happening in Scotland 
happen as well. So I'll be playing well on both fronts and off we go. Absolutely. It's a possibility. And if it's, if it's a possibility, I'm all for it. I said at the start of the year, I don't really care much for Europe this year. It's all about winning the league. I still think that, but now we're at the point where we're at now and with the coefficients and how it's all lining up, it'd be dumb not to have a crack at it. Yeah, just take it as another cup, right? You, you, you want to be winning everything. And also, I was going to point this out. Um, the Conference League colours are green, so I think this is just destiny for us to win it because then it'll be eternally our cup. One other thing, the final is in Albania. Who's a mad Celtic fan? <laughs> we'll have a whole country supporting us in the final. Oh. We'll have a bunch of mad Albanians surrounding wherever we're playing hotel, banging drums, shooting fireworks, rockets, whatever, into the building. They won't sleep. It'll be absolute torture for them. And we'll, our guys will come in well rested, like, oh, did something happen over here? Whatever. <laughs> Uh, if it even gets that far, the president will probably step in and revoke all our visas. <laughs> <laughs> ah, perfect. Uh, all right. So last thing I've got on the run sheet to discuss is Andrew said that he wants to have business wrapped up for the signings of Rio Hatate, Dazen Maeda. Oh, I can't remember his first name. Itaguchi. Have them all done, signed, done their quarantines, whatever, visas ready, done. So once it hits 1st of Jan, they're in the country, so they're able to be on the bench for the derby or in the squad on the 2nd of Jan in the next Glasgow derby. Is this achievable, Liam? You know the way Japanese clubs work. Is this achievable or they just drag their feet? At the Japanese end of things, it's probably all already been done. The only thing that could derail this is the SFA. And, you know, they've got form for that. So um, I I could see, now I hope I'm wrong, but I could foresee something like Celtic will have all the paperwork done by New Year's Eve and it will be ready to go. But <laughs> the SFA's office doesn't open again till January 4th or something. Something like that will happen. You know, there'll be no emergency hotline to get paperwork approved or whatever. So that's where you'd want to have it all pre-agreed, signed off on, paperwork already lodged with the SFA and uh, be for a Lodged being the operative word. Uh, all, all done, <laughs> ready to go. So all it takes is when they, you know, and you get them over here. So if they've got to do five days quarantine or a week's quarantine or whatever, they're in the country, it's sorted, and then off yeah. you go. So it's ready to go straight away, 1st of Jan, bang, approved, stamped, transfers official, off you go. Apparently, the fee has been agreed for both Itaguchi and Hatate have both been agreed, signed off on. So it's a matter of medicals for both of them. And the rumours are that those two are going to be in Scotland in the next seven to ten days to do their medicals. So that's that's positive. I haven't heard anything on Maeda other than apparently he's going to be on loan with a permanent at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what happened when Maeda went to Maritimo before in Portugal and it didn't really work out for him. So that could just be... Um, could be Yokohama or it could be him hedging his bets in case the same thing happens again. Um, but I think it's a totally different situation. He's a, he's a much more mature player now than he was then. 
Um, he's going to have other Japanese players around him, so it's not going to be the same culture shock. Um, I actually think for Maeda personally, Celtic is the ideal move because he wants to go somewhere where there's already going to be Japanese players there, so he's not so alienated. That'll be good. Get our little, you know, emperor. You know what do they call it? Emperor's army or something like that. Get the four Japanese <laughs> boys in there. Just cut sick, cut sick over against the Huns. He'll be perfect. Love to see that. Get it done, Celtic. Don't dick around. Yeah, it's all. It would. It would be. It would be miraculous. I think if we had all three of them in um, paperwork ready to be signed or, or to you know be approved or whatever, and they've already trained. You know, and they're already good to go before the second. If it happens, it'd be fantastic. But I, I can't German see clubs doing it. That's what the German clubs do. They sign the guys. They have a like on a pre-contract. It's all agreed, like what we had with Kyogo. We signed it. It was all done, and then he stayed there for like a week, and then he come on. So it'd be the same sort of thing. The German clubs, they sign them, stamp it. They're in. Then they do everything. They get their work permits. They're in the country training for a week or two. Then when the window opens, bang, stamped off you go. They're good to hit the pitch the next day. So let's, let's, so. Get, a bit of, let's get a bit of that efficiency going. You know, now there's no Peter Lawwell there. It might actually happen. <laughs> See, what? Yeah. the only thing that That's worries me there is that, if you remember when we signed Kyogo, I actually sent you guys the link from the Vassell Kobe Twitter, right? Yeah. Because they actually announced that almost... I think it was about seven or eight hours before Celtic did. Yeah. Um, but with um, there was a similar statement put out, not by Hatate's club, but by journalists in Japan, saying that Hatate is joining Celtic. It's already been said here, right? But there hasn't been that same confirmation from Celtic, which I'm not blaming Celtic for this, but I think there's probably something in on the British side of the bureaucracy. That that has not been signed off yet, or cannot be signed off yet until January, and that's what worries me is that whatever that hurdle is, the people in positions of power who have it in for us will try and drag it out for as long as they can. Of course they will. Yeah. Anyway, get it done. That's all I've got to say. No dicking around. Yeah. And you talking about dicking around here? I'm going to use that as a segue to our final thoughts. I would like to say congratulations to Ronnie Dalion winning the MLS Cup with New York City FC mm. and for keeping his word and dropping down to his jocks and doing push-ups and shit on the field. Like, what a man. What a man. You could tell he was a bit excited that, after winning it. That's all I have to say. I did the whole dicking around you know, segways. Mm. So, well done, Ronnie. Good to see yeah. a, a good bloke going on having success elsewhere. So congratulations. John, you got any final thoughts? Um, I think my final thought is just um, stay healthy guys stay healthy and happy stay safe um, recent experience don't 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 get COVID please just don't do it it's not good it's not fun and Liam uh, well if you'll indulge me a bit two little things first of all I just want to congratulate hey, Charlie Adam I want to congratulate Charlie Adam on finally picking up three points. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, secondly, I'm going to just 
make a wee something that's annoyed me this week, okay? And I'm a, and I am a complete two-faced rat with what I say here, okay? Sony have pissed me off this week because every country in the world except for Japan is getting the new Spider-Man film tomorrow. And I've got to wait until bloody January 7th to see it. And I know some halfwit is going to spoil it for me before I've seen it. Right? So, Sony, F off. <laughs> but on the other hand, I've got a PlayStation 5 <laughs> arriving tomorrow. So, actually, yay, Sony. So, um, yeah, I'm a two-faced cretin. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. All right, everyone, thanks for listening in. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to both our podcast and our YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate your support as always. How how? Hell hell. hell. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.